with all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. The Notice podcast explores our need for validation and affirmation through biblical musings and unique stories from special guests. Discover relevant topics and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. My mom always said, you can't think straight if you're tired, hungry, or upset. So on this episode of The Notice, have you ever wondered why during a crisis like COVID-19, some people uncover brilliant insights while others struggle? Have you noticed how some people use their failures as stepping stone to greater heights while others make the same avoidable mistakes? Stay tuned as we uncover a tool revealed during COVID-19, processing, and one in which Jesus modeled. Listen as we talk about reasons we may avoid processing, how significant it is, and ways we can take notice of God more when we do. Feeling the fresh air as I opened the windows, my heart couldn't help but smile. It was a beautiful Saturday morning, and the sun couldn't have come soon enough. After three straight days of rains, clouds, work, and quarantine, I was excited to get outside and take a walk. The neighborhood even welcomed my mood as I noticed tulips and daffodils in full bloom. The hostesses were emerging and leaves were budding on the trees. Spring had finally come. As I continued my stroll, I began to notice all the things people were doing despite COVID-19, like working in the yard, walking their dogs, mowing lawns. It was as if we were on some great pause in life. One neighbor even put a smile on my face as she boasted an outdoor tent in her backyard complete with lounge chairs and a TV. But perhaps what excited me most was how incredibly friendly and welcoming everyone was. It was as if everyone was genuinely glad to see me, even though we had never met. After about my sixth or seventh conversation, I headed home, but not without considering what made everyone so friendly. Indeed, the sunshine changes our moods. I also recall that I hadn't seen anyone else live in person except for my husband for three days. And then I thought, maybe they didn't either. Funny thing is, when I'm home more and have fewer people to talk to, I find myself noticing more when I'm out. I notice different leaves and bushes. I notice what people are doing. And I even notice the squirrel running across the street. So I thought, maybe less stimuli allows me to notice more. Maybe less stimuli allows me time to process, to take in, to reflect on life priorities, goals, and dreams. So what about you? 
Has there been enough room in your schedule to process? Are you aware of your need to process? Let's face it, friends. It's all too much. I'm glad COVID-19 has reminded us to pause. You know, our current pace of life and how technology has overstimulated our environment, sometimes we just don't know what to notice. Studies show that all this overstimulation may lead us to veg out to counteract the number of sensory items we take in. And this sensory overload happens when we're getting more input from our five senses than our brain can sort through and process. Great examples of that would be multiple conversations in one room, flashing overhead lights, or loud parties. These can all produce the symptoms of sensory overload like irritability, restlessness, trouble focusing, and even anxiety. Maybe that's why I don't like going to a shopping mall. But hey, it makes sense. Being home reduces sensory overload, which can reduce our anxiety because our environment doesn't overstimulate us, which gets to me my ramblings for this episode. Pausing to process. What is it we're trying to process? Well, first, it's all the stimuli and information coming in. Did you know there is actually an information processing theory which describes the way a person takes in information? I guess our senses are the gateway to taking in this data. When we see, hear, smell, taste, and touch, we store it as sensory storage. The data then moves to short-term or working memory, and then it's either forgotten or transferred to long-term memory. That's why it's easy to move from one room to another and forget why you went into that room. That's why you thought the sermon was great, but can't really remember what was said. And that's why a song that's, which stimulates our senses can take us back to a childhood memory. Friends, I'm not making this stuff up. So why is it important to pause to process? You guessed it, so you retain what you've learned. And believe it or not, pausing to process is modeled by Jesus in the scriptures. He cap Lee in his citation, Jesus teaching through discovery, talks about how Jesus used processing as part of his teaching. What makes Jesus teaching effective? Jesus' teaching was effective because it results in changing the hearer's hearts and having the hearer apply his message to their lives. Jesus teaching amazed listeners. For example, after hearing the Sermon on the Mount, the crowds were amazed. And he also taught ordinary, unschooled disciples for three years, and their teaching changed the entire world of their time, and it continues to affect our world today. The hearers of his teaching opened their eyes and ears, what made his teaching so successful? Jesus identified the teaching moments facilitated by inquiry by giving inspiring questions, enabled audience to formulate hypotheses through insights, and encouraged his audience to apply their learning to practical situations. Jesus knew that learning was not simply memorizing facts or reciting the Law of Moses 
Learning involved organizing new facts to a succinct schema and applying that new information. In other words, pausing to process. Let's take notice of how Jesus modeled this in Mark chapter 6. Jesus sent his 12 disciples into the surrounding villages to preach, teach, heal, and cast out evil spirits. When they returned, they excitedly told him about their experiences. Then Jesus led his disciples to withdraw to a lonely place to rest, or pause, and process recent events. Notice the pattern Jesus used. First, he taught his disciples. Second, he sent them out to practice what he taught them. Third, he gathered them together in a quiet place to, yes, there's that word, process what they had learned. With our culture being so busy and us having a lot of stimuli, much of what we learn doesn't pass that first sensory intake. We don't often move from intake to practicing. Perhaps it's because of this excess sensory stimuli, or maybe it's because we have somewhat of a consumer mentality. This is where we go out to get what we need, not think about ways we can practice or give to others, or even take the time to evaluate or process what worked or what didn't work. For example, a preacher gives a sermon. It's full of three-point outlines, scripture references, and great stories. Those listening leave the church with new information in their head, their cognitive function. Ideally, the preacher would love for us to use that information by applying it during the week. That would be the practicing part. But then what? Process. Friends, it has been said that we do not learn from experiences. We learn from reflecting on our experiences. This is why being part of a community like a life group is so important. It's an opportunity to process what we've learned in our walk with God. There's a story about a woman who divorced five times. Her conclusion? Men are jerks and she would never marry again. Perhaps if she had vigorously processed her experience, perhaps she might have concluded the following. One, she tended to pick losers for husbands, and not all men are losers. Two, she left God out of her marriage, so God had not blessed any of her unions. Three, premarital counseling would be critical if she ever married again. Or four, she should heed warnings from friends and family when they pointed out obvious red flags in the boyfriends. Instead, this woman suffered one identical failure after another. Or perhaps you know someone who is always stuck, going around that same challenge time after time. Do you know if they've paused to process? Do they take time to evaluate their motives, challenges, or blind spots? Jesus' story has a little sequel. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus feeds a second multitude to this time of 4,000 people. Immediately afterward, Jesus got in a boat with his disciples and left. Another example how Jesus took his disciples away from the crowd. As Jesus began debriefing with the disciples, it became clear that they had not processed what had happened. 
Jesus rebuked them, saying, Having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear, and do you not remember? Think about this. The disciples had just witnessed God working mightily in their midst, live, in person, full sensory storage, and learned nothing. They hadn't grown. So processing is one of God's primary methods of promoting personal growth. Ironically, God has also instilled one day a week for this processing time. It's called the Sabbath. One of the very best things you can do on the Sabbath is unplug from the world. Turn off the news. Turn off your social media accounts. Pause to process. April Modal, in her blog, Processing Life with God, says, If there's one thing I've seen stifle effectiveness in my own life and in the lives of others, it's unresolved issues. Sometimes our issues become so loud in our minds and hearts, we can't get us quiet enough to receive from God or be of use to him in the lives of those around us. So what can you do during this processing time? Well, here are five suggestions. Listen, express, receive, conclude, and then move. So one, listen to yourself. My mom always said, you can't think straight if you're tired, hungry, upset. So ask yourself, what is it you are experiencing? Are you angry, irritable, upset? Taking the time to process what you're experiencing helps you identify and get in touch with yourself. It also helps you to pause and consider your response to a situation. Two, express and explore what you're experiencing. As we look into the Psalms, you'll notice David's great example of the lament. This is David expressing to God what he's experiencing. Psalm 69 verse 1 through 3 states, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. I am worn out calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. You can even take it further and express it through a song as David did or any other creative endeavor. Sometimes the act of creating something that hasn't existed before, even if it's a batch of chocolate chip cookies or coloring a picture, can help you express or explore what you're experiencing. Three, receive from the Father. After you've identified what it is you're experiencing, expressed or explored it in some way, then it's time to receive it. Make room to receive from the Father. This is your time of discovery. Isaiah 26.3 reminds us, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Friends, this is the great adventure of the Christian life, being in his presence. Four, conclude. After the emotional intensity has diminished, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal his truth to you. 
What does this mean? Do I see this clearly? Are there lies I'm believing? Psalms 119.66 states, Teach me good judgment, for I believe your commandments. Teach in the original languages actually means taste. So perhaps you will know it's a God conclusion because you can taste that it's good. Five, move. After you listen to yourself, express what you're experiencing, receive from the Father, and draw conclusions. Move. Move from point A to B. Act on your findings. Revel in the truth by putting into practice what you've learned. James 1.22 tells us, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Kenneth Boa, president of Reflections Ministry and Trinity House Publishing, talks about process spirituality. In our society, we increasingly tend to be human doings rather than human beings. The world tells us that what we achieve and accomplish determines who we are. But the scriptures teach us that who we are in Christ should be the basis for what we do. The dynamics of growth are inside out rather than outside in. Process spirituality is concerned with faithfulness during the ongoing journey rather than living from one product to the next. It also focuses on what it means to abide in Christ and to practice his presence. So what is one of the best ways you can practice his presence? Pause to process. Proverbs 20 verse 5 tells us, A plan in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding draws it out. So go ahead and draw it out. Pause to process. Next time on The Notice, shame. Shame is something we've all faced, whether from something we've done or something that's been done to us. Yet when we think about being noticed, there are some things we don't want anyone to notice. Join us for this next episode of The Notice, where I have a conversation about shame with Kay Hall, author of the new book, Beyond the Hidden Veil of Shame. We discuss her journey of redemption, the healing process, and how important it is to take notice of those areas in our lives that lie hidden in shame. Until then, take notice.